Welcome to episode 31 of Manager Mysteries and Mishaps, presented by Quantum Workplace. In this podcast, we explore meaningful and actionable insights to help you become a better manager. I'm Dr. Dan Harris, lead researcher here at Quantum Workplace. In this episode, I'll be discussing some challenges of being a new manager. Becoming a new manager can be a stressful experience. You go from being managed, generally as an individual contributor, to all of a sudden managing others. This change comes with a whole host of different expectations. Now you're not only in charge of your day-to-day responsibilities, but you also have to engage in all the behaviors and considerations that I've covered throughout this entire podcast. That can be overwhelming for some people, especially if they aren't trained to be a manager. And that's the thing. In our own research, we found that 66% of managers, two-thirds, did not receive manager training when they first became a people manager. That is a staggering number. And in that same research, we found that individuals who received manager training when they first became a people manager were almost twice as likely to feel ready and prepared to be a manager than those who didn't receive training. I don't want to focus on manager training specifically in this episode, but I wanted to mention all that to underscore the importance of preparing people to take on new roles, new position levels within their organizations which also highlights the main focus of this episode. Becoming a new manager is often quite difficult. With that in mind, I want to explore some challenges related to being a new manager, but it's going to be done in a unique way. Rather than just me talking about a variety of challenges or relying on just one interview, this episode is a mashup. In other words, I'll be taking multiple people's voices in combination with my own throughout the episode. The interviews I conducted in previous episodes were all about separate topics. However, during those interviews, I asked everyone the same question. What was the most difficult or challenging event or series of events that you personally overcame as a people manager? Out of seven interviews so far, four responses specifically called out being a new manager as their most challenging time as a people manager. And coincidentally, two responses revolve around the topic of overcompensation, and two other responses revolve around becoming a manager among your peers and figuring out those relationships. First up is the challenge of overcompensation. When you become a new manager, it's easy to want to dive in headfirst. It's also easy to swim straight into the deep end because you want to establish that you're the right person for the job. You want to show your direct reports and your own manager that you've got what it takes, that you have all the answers. Here's what Nicole Davies, Vice President of Learning, Talent, and Performance at Valet Living, had to say about her own experiences. It's funny. Uh, we, in my company, we're rolling out a first-time leaders, uh, new managers program, right? And so it, I have been asking all the leaders in my company, what kind of training did you get when you became a manager for the first time? Who taught you how to lead, right? And mm-hmm. what did that look like? And I'm, I'm sure you are not surprised to hear that most people receive zero training. 
right? We just drop them into that leadership role or that manager role and assume that because they were an excellent individual contributor and have a good mind that they're going to figure it out, right? So I've been reflecting a lot on the who, who I was as a 24-year-old leader versus the leader that I am today, right? And I think that probably the phrase that sticks to me now the most is what matters more today than mattered then, and the answer is less. Okay, so I know that seems like a crazy thing, like what matters more is less, but I would hold on so tightly to outcomes, right? When I was a young leader, I felt like I had to prove, uh, I had to, I had to prove my worth through harnessing all the the horsepower of my team through micromanagement and through you know ridiculously high goals that we had to accomplish, and you know just really kind of putting the the full court press on my team to be able to deliver and deliver and deliver, and I didn't have any. Uh, real time or patience for understanding the human that I was impacting in that process, right? So now when I show up to work, uh, you know, in, in talking to my team, they will tell you, I say nothing and I ask everything, right? So for me, everything is about a question of, you know, what do we want? What do you, how can we be successful? What's important to you here? Uh, you know, so, so instead of it being my will, my desire, my need to harness the horses and run at a million miles an hour, we may walk more slowly, but we're doing it as a united front. And it just creates a more inclusive environment. It feels better, right, for the people on the team because they uh, feel their own impact on the outcomes and deliverables. It's not just my initiatives and my desires, but it's a collective front. I would like to say that I am a much healthier, happier human because of my my ability to uh, not have it be all about me and have it be about the we instead. And yet we still have, a, I mean, I'm sure you guys have looked, but if you look online, there's so few, like, there's there's still not a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. Like, this is an age-old problem that we still haven't solved, right, <laughs> for, for folks, because what does exist out there is exactly that. Like, come to school, learn how to give performance feedback, learn how to be a good coach, learn how to, you know, promote and develop your associates, go. Right. And as we know, management or leadership is so much more nuanced than that. And you know, I think just the the level of vulnerability that it that folks feel so uncomfortable showing when they're new because they feel like they have to be invincible. They need to have all the answers. They need to have, you know, they need to be able to tell everyone exactly what they need and how to do it instead of, uh, you know, sitting back and going, I don't know. I, 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 or I'm good with us coming up with the collective answer of what that should look like. And I think it just, it comes from, I think a little bit of time in comfort and being in the role, but also just knowing that nobody wants to work for the person that has everything already all figured out or with yeah. that person. Yeah. They, they want to be a part of something that's growing and, and, and going somewhere. And if you can be a leader that creates that environment, you're going to have success over and over again. What resonated the most with me is when Nicole mentioned vulnerability, that people, especially new managers, often think they have to be invincible and all-knowing. That kind of overcompensation is a recipe for disaster, because ultimately you're part of a team. As Nicole said, it should be we, not me. Another form of overcompensation is described by Katie Strayler, Chief Human Resources Officer at Raymond. I went into a people manager role pretty early on um, in my first professional career 
And I went into the role with the desire to make changes. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you why, but it was kind of my first instinct that, okay, I'm new to this role. I'm leading this group of people that were all older than me. And I had never sat in any of their seats before. Um, So there were obviously some barriers there just walking into the situation with that current setup. But I, for some reason, had this desire to just switch things up and do some things differently and probably didn't have um, a whole lot of method to my madness. Mm -hmm. So I did start changing some responsibilities around within the team, which had the opposite impact of what I was hoping for. They couldn't understand it because I didn't explain to them why I was making the changes. The the jobs that and the responsibilities that I shifted around were no longer leveraging the strengths that they brought to the table. So they weren't happy about what they were doing because they weren't able to utilize their strengths. And I didn't take the time to really get to know them as people Mm -hmm. and individuals and what are your strengths and what makes you tick and what do you care about outside of the work environment. So I did not start off on the right foot. And at that point, it was like I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't realize that these steps that I was taking was going to have the opposite impact of what I had hoped for. So I had a long road ahead to repair those relationships and get to a place where I did focus on them as people. I ensured that I took the time to understand the strengths that they brought to the table so I could ensure that the tasks and responsibilities on their plates match those strengths that they that they brought to the table. Um, but that, in looking back, that was probably the biggest misstep for me mm-hmm. is making change before listening and understanding mm-hmm. and watching the impact that that had on the team. But I learned from it and I talk about it and I talk to my team about it, my team that I have now and other people leaders and help help to coach them and guide them as to what that, how that could have looked different and had a much more positive impact versus what actually occurred. What Katie said is very similar to what Nicole said. It started with me, not we. However, Katie's challenge was taking the direction of making too many changes too soon without really knowing her team. The overcompensation was making changes just for the sake of change. Both Nicole and Katie emphasized the idea that they started as people managers with big plans and ideas, whether it be through unrealistic goals or making large changes really quickly. But over time, they both realized the importance of kind of mellowing out, of making management more about listening and understanding rather than dictating and micromanaging. And in our own research at Quantum Workplace, employees were asked the question, if you could give one piece of advice to new managers, what would that be? The most common responses from both managers and non-managers was listen, learn, and communicate. So between our research and what was mentioned by Nicole and Katie, it would help new managers and their teams a lot if they took the time to frame situations as we, not me, and listen to, learn about, and communicate with their team members. The second topic is about becoming a manager among your peers. 
So this one is pretty different from the previous challenge. Whereas overcompensation is more about proving yourself at the expense of your team, this one is about navigating personal and professional relationships. This is what Wendell Sherrill, Vice President of Human Resources at Aviat Networks, had to say about that. You know, I think it was the first leadership role. It was the first leadership role from the perspective of I was being elevated within a group of peers. So suddenly, you know, I was identified as a team leader and I now had to start leading a group of people that I'd sat side by side for years. That was probably the most sort of uh, challenging because I, ha- I I had to change how I was communicating and how I was behaving with people that that in many cases were my friends. You know, I was having to give performance feedback to people who were my previous, you know, my friends or that relationship was changing. And that really felt uncomfortable going through that. And so when I think back on my career and some of the things that I've done, it was that first role as a people leader and not feeling completely prepared, not feeling like that I could easily give my, my, my former peers, feedback and direction and coaching. I think that was probably the most challenging experience looking back at it. Yeah. And how did you navigate those relationships after you elevated from peer to manager? How you navigated those, uh, even those friendships or how you communicated with them? How did you kind of overcome those struggles? You know, I... There are times I look back on those experiences with with um, with gratitude because I learned a lot. I mean, there were there were clearly times where I, I think the most learning that I had was when I didn't handle situations well, mm-hmm. when I I forgot what my role was and I was more concerned with the friendship. I would have a tendency to to worry too much about that and and things just had a tendency to, to sometimes not be as effective as they could be. And I didn't realize that my manager could have helped me more. You know, I think there was an opportunity for me to ask more questions. Mm-hmm. You know, an example of that would be, you know, if, if there was a message coming down and it was going to be uncomfortable, there, there were clear situations where I could have spent a little more time with my management saying, okay, how, Help me think through how I want to deliver this. I would just go out and deliver it and then learn, right? And so I felt sometimes it was a bit by, you know, trial by fire. But but I think looking back at my career, that was probably the most uncomfortable, that experience. Another very similar situation is described by Lisa Roberts, Senior Director of Human Resources and Leader of Diversity and Inclusion at Dell Tech. So I think the most um, difficult challenge that I've overcome is, you know, as an individual contributor and moving to a people manager of peers. Um, Because if you think about, you know, you have this individual role, you have these friends that you've made, you know, you're on the same team, but the opportunity presents itself, whether you're promoted or your manager leaves and you step into that role and maybe the things that you once said or the things that you did 
are very different when you start managing your peers and that that level of respect becomes a little bit different and I think as you know it, you know, I always say that sometimes inheriting a team is probably one of the most difficult things as a people manager because it might not be the team that you would have selected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're trying to, get, you know, you're trying to make it work to be the most effective relationship that is critical to, one, the success of your own manager being, but also to the success of, of those individuals. And I think any person who goes from, you know, once being an IC to managing their their peers is a really challenging transformation. And I think that, you know, one of the things that probably really helped me out during that is the strong relationships that I had already developed with those peers and being humbled, right, uh, at the opportunity to move into the people manager role, but also understanding that um, there was going to be a little bit a level of a change and being very open and um, candid with each individual to let them know while some things will change just because my role is changing, there's our, our relationship will not and hopefully mm-hmm. that it will continue to grow in a different way and recognizing that I might not have all those answers right, but that we will learn together. And so I always say, you know, I'm always trying to empower my team to one day take my job. And people say, why would you do that? It's like, because I want to move on from another, from that opportunity and make myself better. And hopefully they have that same mission in mind. So, and I look at being a manager is is definitely um, a gift. And, you know, I don't take it for granted at, at any time because my team is really the ones that that makes the job so special. What I got out of those challenges is that it can be uncomfortable to all of a sudden go from a level playing field with a friend to being their manager. Changing how you communicate with them, behave around them, and even act toward them around others. And it's a difficult tightrope to walk. You don't want to lose your friend, but you don't want to be seen as having favorites or giving preferential treatment because of your previous and continued relationship with a team member. I liked what Lisa had to say about navigating those relationships. That you need to be open with each team member with the fact that things will change, and that even though the friendship will remain, it'll likely change and evolve in a different way. Or as Lisa put it, Letting team members, especially your friends, know that we will learn together. As a recap of this episode, I explored two challenges of becoming a new manager. The first revolved around overcompensation. In this case, overcompensating how much you do and how much you want your team to do in a very short amount of time. One way to overcome this challenge is to focus on listening to your team members' feedback, learning about their lives, their strengths, their concerns, and communicating with them openly and actively. The second challenge revolved around becoming a manager among your peers. One way to overcome this challenge is to ensure that you have open and honest conversations with your team members, especially those who are closer friends, that your friendships will remain even though your relationship may evolve differently than had you remained peers. And that's it for this podcast. For more resources to transform the way you manage, check out quantumworkplace.com. Thank you for listening.